0: NBA fans, we are now in the stretch of the NBA season where we got 20 games left. We got teams competing for playoff seating, teams competing for a play-in spot in the tournament post-All-Star break. Uh, this is where things start getting a little more exciting and a little more suspenseful in some ways, uh, contrary to what we saw in that All-Star game and dunk contest. Just giving a little shout-out to those events. Probably one of one of the worser done contests I've seen, but three point contest was exciting. So, but you know, all that is to say is that we got greener pastures now that worked through that. And now we're headed towards the tail end of the NBA season. And we got our first look at James Harden and Joel Embiid, and we get a few stretch. We got a few games from the Lakers without Anthony Davis. The Brooklyn Nets might get Kevin Durant back. Uh, Kyrie Irving might come back. So we got a lot of big things to talk about here on this episode Second Stringers NBA podcast, but before diving in, Sean, I'm not sure if you did get a chance to tune into the All Star weekend and the NBA 75 anniversary ceremony that they had at halftime during the All Star game. But
1: any thoughts, any reactions to to last weekend? Nothing, Alan. That I'm super excited to talk about. Honestly, (laughs) I, I think it's really cool that you know LeBron was able to get the game winning shot. In the all-star game which was a pretty good shot it was like a fadeaway over two guys um, and, and so that fourth quarter of the all-star game is still pretty interesting um, so I do I do like that format um, you know everyone got some good charity money so everyone's happy I didn't even watch any of the other stuff to be honest I saw that I saw some highlights from the dunk contest it looked really lame uh, I think that's the general consensus uh, I think it's really cool that Carl Anthony Towns won the three-point contest uh, that's yeah, you know, for a big guy to do that, that just shows you where the league's at right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. It's you know it's weird that you know Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, those types of guys weren't in it. Uh, so maybe would have been different result if they were. But I know they want to give some love to some of these other guys in the league, and they try to do that with a dunk contest too. But they just need to play the best guys for these, yeah, ancillary type of events. Like I want to see the actual best three point shooters. I want to see the actual best dunkers in the league. I don't just want to see a young athletic guy dunk, you know, like I want to see John Morant dunk. I want to, I want to see, well, I mean, obviously we can't get Zion Williamson, but you know, like Aaron, bring Aaron Gordon back, you know, like Mm -hmm. see if he can still get up there. Um, Zach Levine, like these guys are still there. Like they should be able to, you know, defend their title and, and, you know, try to get multiple dunk chance, like make it like a thing. Um, but, and, and bring in like a couple new guys maybe to challenge them. But, I don't know. I think they're going to need to change a lot of things in the format for it to gain, you know, any attention anymore.
0: Yeah. I think that's the bottom line there is let's get the stars in the games in the dunk contest, three point contest. And obviously the all-star game has the stars, but I think the all-star game wasn't too bad, but the dunk contest was definitely a bit of an awkward um, thing to watch a little bit with guys missing dunks. And
1: guys having to redo and rechange their <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jalen Green was oh, terrible, man. Yeah. And for the yeah. for as far as the All-Star game goes, the way that they have the quarters, I know it's set up to be like, "Oh, you should compete to, you know, for your charity. Like if you win the quarter, like your charity gets money, so you should be competitive." But like at the end of the day, it's like, what if one team wins every single quarter and one charity walks mm-hmm. away with nothing, right? So, it's, the players know that, so they're just trading quarters off. And then they literally tied the third quarter so that the money would be as even as possible. So it was literally just, like, let's score baskets and then just, you know, give each other the win so to make sure each charity gets a large amount of money. And that's all it really amounted to for the first three quarters, in my opinion. Um, And they only really started trying to play in the fourth. So I get what they're trying to do, but yeah, I think the execution just wasn't there.
0: Yeah, and I think they're going to have to try to also figure out how to get LeBron James to win every single one of these games. <laughs> he's at doing some it. Point, this, yeah, at some point, hopefully the streak breaks. Uh, maybe Giannis can can pick a better team next year, or, or Durant if he's that second vote-getter. Um, but enough with the All-Star game. Let's dive in into what we've seen now that the NBA season has revamped. We got our first look at the 76ers with James Harden. And Joel Embiid, the bigger trade, the biggest trade of the trade mm-hmm. deadline. Uh, 3-0 and right now, blowing out the Minnesota Timberwolves, beating the New York Knicks in back-to-back games. Uh, and Joel Embiid and James Harden looking pretty good. I mean, James <laughs> Harden looks like James Harden, not a Brooklyn Nets James Harden, but pretty close to Houston Rockets. James Harden averaging 28 points, 9 rebounds and 14 assists uh, over over the last two games. I mean, he's gone 7 for 12 inside the arc, 8 for 14 beyond it, and 18 for 19 from the free throw line in these last few games. I mean, it's it's, it's unreal what he's doing, and Joel Embiid's usage rate hasn't even taken a hit. It's still at the same level, and the dude's out here dropping 35 points over the last (laughs) few games as well on 47% shooting. I mean, the whole team looks good, looks better, and these two guys are up already talking talking together during the press conference. But, you know, of course, it's the Timberwolves, it's the New York Knicks, so small sample size. But I think it's a good start right out the gate. I don't know. What's your reaction to this, Sean?
1: Yeah, I think obviously the, the strength of opponents is definitely something to be taken into consideration, but it's very encouraging because they blew out every mm-hmm. single one of these games. Like, the, it was a handy victory. And, it, you know, you're getting a little bit of that Shaq-Kobe vibe now, too, with, you know, with Harden just controlling the, the offense and then B just getting whatever he wants. Uh, but the, I think another interesting too, to know is Tyrese Maxey seems to be thriving still. Uh, right. Is a guy that, you know, Harden takes a lot of this guy's usage, a lot of his ball handling, but dude's been shooting lights out since Harden got there. And I, I don't know if it's because Harden's given him some, some shooting lessons or or given him some moves he can use, but that dude's been playing well. And interestingly, it seems like the guy that's losing out a lot, and because Embiid's able to retain his usage and Maxi's still playing well, is Tobias Harris being yeah. the, the the man out here, which, you know, if Tobias Harris is now your fourth option, and that that's a pretty great team, right? But right. it does make it seem like he's become a little bit uh, not necessary for this offense to thrive now that Harden's there, that you don't really need him as that third scorer if Maxi's playing as well as he is. And so you're actually hearing some rumbles around the league that they expect Tobias Harris to be available for trade uh, in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not they win the title, I don't know if that's uh, that's a factor, but I, I think that's pretty interesting. But, yeah, overall, 76ers look like you know, the championship contender, we expect him to be with Harden. Uh, So it's good to see them playing at this level. It's, I think it's good for the league. It's good for the competition in the East. Yeah. And with these
0: three wins, the 76ers are now on a four game winning streak considering their last win before heading to the break, seven of three over the last 10 and back in the third seed spot with a full game lead on the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, Tobias Harris, it's interesting to hear him brought up, but yeah, I mean, some of his numbers are down, but I think he's still going to be such a key piece in terms yeah. of when they hit the playoffs. He's just such a good matchup. Scott Size can still knock down the three. Just a good rebounder. I think Doc Rivers is just going to have to do some maneuvering here to get the best utilization out of him, perhaps stagger his minutes and let him roll with the second unit and just punish the second unit of some of these teams. Some of yeah. these lesser, these teams that don't quite have the. Don't quite have the debt or have a guy like that, like the Milwaukee Bucks, um, Miami Heat, or I mean, the Bulls are pretty deep, but I think some of these other teams, the Brooklyn Nets, might not have that depth either to come back. Right. Tobias yeah. Harris. So I think he'll still be a key piece for them when they're going out uh, in the playoffs, but. We'll get a pretty good preview of that over the next week. As the 76ers looking to play the Cavs, the Heat, the Bulls, and the Nets. All That's a good stretch a, right there. <laughs> all, all within a 10-day period. So I think we're going to get a real good preview here of like just how how strong this, this team is and how they match up against the better teams in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, so, so instant reaction to these first three games. Are the 76ers the favorite in your mind to come out of the East?
0: Um, it's hard to say a favorite still.
1: Um, mm. it, Who is the favorite for you then?
0: It, that even that that question right you don't now think is there so is hard. One,
1: really, it seems like we got a
0: couple teams who's who've got a shot. Miami, Miami, obviously number one seed has climbed their way back. Uh, Bam looks good. Uh, Tyler mm-hmm. Harrell's back, come back to life. Jimmy Butler's just out there doing his thing. Miami Heat are good. I think the Chicago Bulls are still really good. They lost Lonzo and Caruso. But those guys are going to come back before the playoffs, so there's one there. Can't ever count the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, when you have Giannis still doing his thing. And obviously the dark horse now is the Brooklyn Nets at the eight seed. Um, it's tough, but certainly I think the 76ers bought themselves more stock and have themselves at the table. So the Eastern Conference, for the first time in a long time, is looking like that that side of the play, of the playoff bracket is a lot more exciting than the opposite end, so... I'll be keeping a close eye, but if you're making me pick a team today, <laughs> ooh, it's tough. I still just want to choose the Bucks. I feel like them defending mm-hmm. champs, Giannis. Um, I think the Serge Ibaka pickup was pretty good. So I'm still going to go rolling with them for now. But it's it's yeah. close. It could, In it, my opinion, I think it could easily change in the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, and I feel like the Bucks match up pretty well against uh, the 76ers, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you can Giannis... Uh, maybe Giannis can guard Embiid, I don't know. He, he'll probably need some help, but then you, you have Drew Holiday to guard James Harden, so that, that's pretty helpful there too, and Middleton mm-hmm. can match up with Tobias Harris pretty good. So, it would be a great series though. And I, I honestly hope that's the series we end up with in the Eastern Conference Finals, as far as like what the teams look like now. Obviously, you can't ca- count the Nets out, especially if you know things change with the vaccine mandates over there. I don't think that's going to happen personally this season but you know anything's possible but yeah this this race in the east I mean it is looking a lot better than the one in the west I mean obviously when you're looking at teams like the Lakers and Clippers that were supposed to be up there but because their stars keep getting hurt you know they're just not there anymore it makes it way that's two teams right there it makes it way less exciting you know if we're if we're talking about you know the Lakers Clippers Suns and Warriors all at the top of the west All the Pacific Division, actually, too, which is pretty Mm -hmm. crazy. I mean, I I think it's just as exciting there. But, yeah, the East has just been able to maintain, you know, a much more competitive landscape. And, you know, the way the 76ers have looked over the last few games, I think it does, you know, catapult them over teams like the Heat and the Bulls, honestly. Um, Yeah. And, you know, Kyle Lowry is a concern with me for the Heat. If Kyle Lowry can remain healthy and, like, you know, in a good mental health state – I know he's missed a lot of games for personal reasons. Uh, I I think that they could still match up against the Seventy Sixers pretty well. Um, obviously, the Bulls, like you know, they're up in the air too if DeRozan keeps playing at MVP level. But I I don't know. Just the proven star power of Harden and Embiid right now, and the fact that we've seen them play together so well right off the bat without really needing any transition time. I don't know. That seems like the makings of something special.
0: Hmm. I I think so. So typically, teams that make it to the NBA finals, you know, they're usually their their offensive rating, defensive rating, are usually in the top top ten, both. Yeah. If not, one of these is usually in that top five range. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the Seventy Sixers right now are ninth in defensive rating, thirteenth in offensive rating. So I definitely expect that thirteen to go within the top ten, which oh yeah, somebody <laughs> like James Harden. So slowly but surely, this the 76ers team is starting to have that makeup of a team that usually makes the NBA finals, but you know, they've got other teams in there who have, who also are checking off those boxes. So it, it's going to be an exciting stretch here to see, see where this goes. And I think we'll have a better idea after this next, after this next week.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited for playoffs, man. I, I just, <laughs> Oh, it's so close a month and a half away. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So Gearing up, is kind of staying east and kind of staying
0: west. We gotta obviously bring up the Lakers with what what's been happening. <laughs> of course, we do, right? Yeah,
1: we can't but, not
0: talk about them. But we gotta put it in a different in a different phrasing. So this has got this has to be the way we phrase this. Who mm. who do we think now, as we're heading towards you know the basically the back end of the year now of the regular season, has a chance of making a greater of making an impact overall in the playoff picture? The Nets or the Lakers? The Nets are three and seven and officially in the eighth seed with a half game lead on the Hornets who are trailing them in the ninth seed. Ben Simmons is week to week. Unknown when he's coming back. Back soreness. Uh but they do have Kevin Durant potentially coming back. The Lakers on the other hand also three for seven in the ninth seed. Uh well out of the picture for the for the seven for the eight seed. Four and a half games behind the Clippers and we got Anthony Davis who will potentially be reevaluated re- re- in 4 weeks currently in week 3 though. Uh and you have Davis. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you have Westbrook and James just not really finding chemistry and Frank Vogel throwing out lineups with with Stanley Johnson and Ooh. the Lakers bringing on 35-year-old DJ Augustine <laughs> and signing on a couple two-way contract guys.
1: At least they waved DeAndre Jordan, right? <laughs> yeah, and waving
0: DeAndre Jordan. Finally. Uh, yeah, these two teams obviously in sh- a bit in shambles. Ky- with this, without even mentioning Kyrie Irving, who may also have a light at the end of the tunnel here, potentially being able to play more games. But yeah, Sean, who are you feeling like may actually
1: have an impact this year? The two favorites heading into this year. <laughs> yeah, seriously, uh, this is a very easy question for me, and I'm sorry, but it's the Nets yeah yeah i I mean, just even taking seeding into account at this point, the Nets only have to win one game to make the playoffs. The Lakers have to win two. Mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant is supposed to come back tomorrow, which is really big for this team. and we don't know when Anthony Davis is coming back for the Lakers. The real evaluation, I mean that's no guarantee on when he's coming back. It could take him even much longer. Maybe we don't even see him until like right before April. And I, I remember seeing a, a number where the Nets are actually a positive net rating of plus 10 when just Kevin Durant was on the floor for them. No James Harden, no Kyrie Irving. So Kevin Durant by himself can make a huge impact for this team in you know, the 35 minutes a game that he plays versus the Lakers who have two stars there and still can't get it done. And so with the Nets able to at least hang on to the eighth seed while Kevin Durant's been away, I think it's going to be very easy for them to at least retain that eighth seed and potentially get into like the seven or the sixth seed. And granted, you got some pretty hot teams there with the Raptors and the Celtics ahead of you, but I I have a good feeling that the Nets can hold on and start winning some games now that you get Kevin Durant back. I think he by himself is just the biggest reason that uh the nets are still a threat.
0: Yeah. So current state you'd have Nets having to beat the Hornets just once. Clippers, Lakers having to beat the Cl- Lakers having to beat the
1: Clippers twice. And, or no, um, so they'd have to beat the right now the Pelicans and then the Clippers or the Wolves, right? All for the play in. For the play in. Yeah. The nine seed plays the ten seed and whoever wins that gets to play the seven or eight seed. Um, oh, lost. got it. Yeah, yeah,
0: got it, got it. Yeah, and and here's an interesting dilemma too for the Lakers is, or more so for the Pelicans. So the Pelicans right now actually have the Lakers pick for this year. Mm. So <laughs> the Pelicans will get the Laker pick if if it falls. So they will get the like, if it's the top ten pick if it's top ten, right? Which so would mean they'd have to they miss the to playoffs,
1: do. right? Mhm
0: exactly Mm. so the pelicans are actually are incentivized to continue trying to beat the lakers oh yeah
1: definitely (laughs) push them down
0: push them further
1: down yeah as if they needed more reason than the fact that they took anthony davis from them (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but still yeah top 10s even still like the lakers are more likely to be what like 12 or 13 if they miss Mm -hmm. the playoffs so still not the best odds but oh man imagine if that was a uh, if that's a lucky lottery pick right there that that could be big time if it falls into 10th to, to the 10th spot but
0: mm-hmm. yeah back back to the original question who has a greater chance of making an impact in the playoffs here is yeah i got you got to go with the nets just because i think the news of kevin durant coming back completely changes the game the lakers we have lebron james playing <laughs> at an absurd level westbrook I'm not sure you can really call him a star at this point. Mm. Career lows across the board um, and just not able to be impactful for very impactful for the Lakers in terms of games. I mean, you got Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson having more of an impact there in that Dallas game. Almost bringing, well, not Malik Monk down the stretch, really, but yeah. Stanley Johnson <laughs> hitting a ridiculous couple threes and LeBron also going into LeBron cheat, cheat code mode. <laughs> um, just not being able to push to beat any of these teams and losing awful games against the pelicans uh, blown out by them losing a close one to the clippers and losing another close one to the mavericks where it feels like they need to pull in soul and body to get back <laughs> into these games um so if davis comes back at the most optimistic timeline they got 16 games left to play but these 16 games aren't just like your normal 16 games if you look <laughs> yeah. at the schedule Tough the schedule. Lakers have, the Lakers have the second most difficult remaining schedule. You got Yikes. a couple games against the Suns, a couple games against the Warriors, a couple games against some of the Eastern Conference powerhouses. Uh, it's not going good. A tu- <laughs> it's a tough spot. Tough spot for the Lakers yeah. right now.
1: And this stat you have here about when, when the, you know, quote-unquote big three play together of Davis, James, and Westbrook, they've only played 20 games together this year. They're 11-9. and nine. That's mm-hmm. not even that good. <laughs> eleven and nine is like eighth seed at best. You gain one seating spot if like these guys were healthy the whole year. Mm-hmm. Like eleven and nine, really? Like that's that's so underwhelming. Right. It,
0: it, it's it's a desperate situation. Hence the the the, <laughs> the the signings that are coming on board. The the roster waving. Oh yeah, of, yeah DJ uh, Augustine
1: and, and. what what Wenyin Gabriel is that, that right. the other guy I yeah. I yeah these are weird very very like random yeah what you say DJ Augustine's 35 years old just yeah, like he's are around. you trying to just get old guys now like like we already know you guys are old you don't have to keep proving it mm-hmm.
0: yeah oh it, my it's, gosh. It's, yeah it's not a good situation this was the one this is showing what happens when you don't make a trade at the trade deadline, when your team <laughs> desperately needs just new faces in the locker room, not even if if it looks on paper, if it makes your team any better, I think just refreshing the faces in the locker room by yeah. by naturally should make the team better. And I think right now it looks like these this Laker team is kind of just going through the motions.
1: I mean, um, they need some energy guys in there, you know, mm-hmm. like a like a Montrezl Harrell type. You know, you need someone to, you know. Like you said, be a spark plug uh, off the bench and be a locker room guy. Like, I don't know if D.J. Augustines is not really known for any of that. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: oh, I was so ready to throw in the towel on this team, and then they made that hearted comeback
1: against the Dallas Mavericks, and then only to come up short. Only to come up short. I know. (laughs) And then in that game, like, Luka was headhunting LeBron on defense Mm -hmm. at the end of that. And, it, it, yeah, it was very eye-opening because you're like oh man like even if they made the playoffs like would they just try to hunt down old man LeBron James on defense to tire him out and it it just it just seems like there's there's too many holes you know
0: I mean you you got Jason Kidd on the bench on the other end you you got Luka these guys are smart they know Mm -hmm. how much effort it takes to to carry a team to come back from a 24 Twenty-point deficit, all on your own, like LeBron did, knocking down three threes straight, yeah. making it basically, you know, involved in every single bucket that scored. That's that's that exhausts you, and you only got so much left in the gas, especially playing at in the center spot and having to yeah. beat Dwight Powell in in, in the front Max court for rebounds. Yeah. Maxi Cleaver, yeah, it takes a toll. Yeah. and these guys Which, were obviously like, hunting him.
1: Obviously, like LeBron's a big dude, you know. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's not that much smaller than these guys, but still, like, you know, he's used to playing against guys smaller than him. Right. And if they somehow make it through the gauntlet, that would
0: be the play-in tournament. I don't even know. Maybe it's, it's a gauntlet from the perspective of the Lakers. They get the Phoenix Suns, so LeBron battling against DeAndre Aiden, Jay Crowder, and some of these <laughs> characters
1: again. Yeah. There's an even weaker roster than last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, they were up 2-1 last year mm-hmm. in that series. So yeah, won't count them out completely, but
0: yeah, if you get if you get Davis back, I guess there's always a chance. Um, but we'll see we'll see how things end up there. Big deal or forgetful though. We got a couple bullet points here. Kyrie Irving still unable to play home games despite the mask mandate for indoor activities. I mean, back to that point with the Nets. I think this is still a big deal if if the if the Nets really want to do anything with this year and come close to setting to fulfilling any of their expectations or even getting halfway there. Uh, they're going to need all, all the weapons they can, if they're going to be in the eight seed going up against Miami in that first round. So yeah, not having Kyrie and two of those games right off the bat. That's, that's a tough blow. Oh, especially heading down this stretch to
1: even maintain that eight seed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a big deal still. I mean, this the when this news report first broke, it's like, oh, like New York's not gonna have any more restrictions. Kyrie can play, but then the mayor's like, well, no, <laughs> actually, <laughs> he still can't play. I want him to play. It seems like the mayor really wants him to play, but you know, that's a big moral dilemma when you you change policies just for one man, no matter how famous that man is, no matter who it is. So. Yeah, I I really I think with this news and the way that all went, down, I don't see Kyrie Irving being able to play in home games the rest of this season. I don't think that they'll lift the restrictions that quickly, especially because New York, probably one of the more careful states at this point, with how hard they got hit already last year. Um, so and then they're, yeah, they're just trying to like slowly you know look at the data and be like, okay, this is when we can start actually lifting restrictions. I don't think it's going to happen in time for, for the Nets. So, yeah, this is just going to be the reality of the situation. Yeah. It's a tough, tough blow to see how that unfolds. LeBron James
0: officially says he wants to play for whatever team his son Bronny gets drafted to. Bronny <laughs> uh, James, two years away from being eligible to be drafted, this is all assuming he is he has the ability to. But, I mean, I feel like this is just a play here. Um, from a dad trying to help out his son and really beef up his uh, his draft stock here, because there's also rumors <laughs> out there that early signs show that Bronny James may have second round type talent or mm-hmm. late second round NBA draft talent, which I think it's difficult to really say. But I mean, not everybody can make it to the NBA, so I kind of see right. this as like LeBron trying to boost his son's stock a little bit. Yeah. Here.
1: Yeah, and I agree, and I think that's why this is a big deal, because LeBron is effectively going to ruin a team's future by forcing (laughs) them to pick Bronny with, like, the 10th pick in the draft just because they want to rent out 40-year-old LeBron James for a year, you know? (laughs) Because 40-year-old LeBron James can probably still average 19, 20 points a game at, like, 40 years old, like you know, <laughs> he, I don't. maybe he'll regress more than that, but you get that guy for cheap, get LeBron James on your roster just for, for throwing away your first round pick. Uh, some team will be desperate enough to do that. And I think it's, it's stupid. Like, <laughs> and I, I think that it ruins the merit of the system. If he, Bronny doesn't deserve to get drafted, he shouldn't get drafted. And I don't think LeBron should be able to prop his son's draft value up just on his word alone. It, do you ever watch Food Network? No no so not really. ba- basically the owner of Food Network is Guy Fieri, and everyone knows who guy Fieri is, right he He mm-hmm. basically uh, like produces or hosts or runs every single show on the food Network, and recently, he's been inserting his son into a lot of the shows, <laughs> and his son has no reputation in the food world. Like, I don't even know if he can cook anything. And I'm like, why is this kid on my TV right now on the food network? (laughs) He does not belong here. I've never seen him cook. He has, I'm ranting too much about, about Kai (laughs) Ferry's son, but it reminds me of this situation where it's like, LeBron is literally trying to make his son worth something when we're all like, is he actually like, he needs to prove it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't work.
0: Well, you know, it, it, all teams are allowed to make their decisions, you know, consciously and individually. So, if there's a franchise out there that I think I could see it doing, it's the Sacramento Kings, and
1: oh, that's where God. I think I could see <laughs> Ronnie James ending up. He's either going to oh, end up in no. Sacramento
0: or Disaster. Orlando, and I think both these franchises need to sell tickets. So, why not? Why not have that I be know. here? Your opening marketing messages,
1: you oh, got father man. and son on the <laughs> roster. I know. It's too good to pass up. It's it's just so <laughs> it's so frustrating though. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing, but you know, that's yeah, yeah. You know. If Michael Jordan had a son, I'm sure he'd probably do the same thing, but yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. On the other hand, New York Knicks and Kimball
0: Walker have agreed to shut him down for the rest of the season. Career lows across the board, 11 points, three rebounds, three and a half assists on um, 25 minutes per game. This is a guy who just signed the two-year $18 million contract. Mm. This offseason is still owed $9 million next year. Wow. Highway robbery here. Dude's By Kemba. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wow. The New York Knicks just somehow really screwed the whole situation up and don't understand how to make a team better by just simply having more by just spending the cap space. I don't know. It just seems like by default you should be better if you spend more money. So <laughs> the New York Knicks have figured out to how well, to defy
1: that logic. They, they they put most of their money into Evan Fournier, so that 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 tells you as much as you need to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I I I think this is forgetful honestly. I I think I mean, they shut him down in the middle of the season, like, towards the beginning of it already. You know, this is the second time he's been shut down, and, you know, he obviously hasn't been playing, you know, Kemba Walker basketball. Something's clearly wrong with him, or, I mean, he's not super old, but, you know, some people break down sooner than others, and, you know, unfortunately, this this could be us just seeing his career fizzle out here at the end which is unfortunate because, you know, he he played so many years in Charlotte, so much good basketball to get get basically signed and traded over to Boston to have a shot at competing finally. And they did make the playoffs, but it it wasn't a very, you know, enlightening or, or, you know, big moment for Kemba Walker to make the playoffs there. And then you go to this Knicks team that's promising – right? And, you know, you get to be their starting point guard and, you know, they're not even going to make the playoffs this season. So just, yeah, unfortunate. Not a lot of wins in the win column for Kemba Walker's career. Um, He's been a great player though. Yeah.
0: I'd say forgetful as well, but you know who this might be a big deal for? It's Michael Jordan. You know, (laughs) he got a lot of flack for not bringing Kemba Walker back, not giving him this payday that he felt he, he had earned. And I think that was fair at the time, but the last, the last few years after that have shown that, yeah, that was risky money, giving mm-hmm. him, extending that deal to him. Boston yeah. did it, didn't work out for them. You know, Ended up getting that buy-off in OKC, and, right. and he just has not really come come to, to play at the levels that dollar, those dollar amounts would warrant. So Michael Jordan, this is kind of a big deal for him. He, <laughs> his, his gamble was right, yeah. I guess, because he ended up giving that money to – Gordon Hayward anyways.
1: Right, who is hurt right now. <laughs> and, ha- yeah. yeah, has been more hurt than not. You know, story of his career, unfortunately, too. But, yeah, I mean, Kemba, is a bummer, man.
0: Yeah. On that injury note, on a more positive note, we got Markel Fultz back. He actually came back a lot quicker than I thought he would. Yeah. I don't really think it. we'd actually see him this, you know, this year. I thought maybe towards the, the last latter half, latter few games but he's back two games 15 minutes 10 points four assists 77% shooting not too bad for the former number one pick and he looks good out there I saw the game I watched the Orlando game today and he had a couple um boneheaded <laughs> turnovers I think but outside of that he
1: looked good he looked confident it yeah looks like a guy who looks ready to play some basketball yeah I think the big thing is that he's coming out shooting well and, you know, obviously he's not going to continue 77% from the field, but, you know, that was always the concern with him before was that shoulder injury. And then right. that was affecting his shot, but it seems like he's figured something out at least to where he can shoot pretty well. So this is a big deal. Like we could start seeing a little bit of a resurgence here. I mean, he's only played 15 minutes a game so far if he can get up to 30 minutes a game and you know, that's, it's going to make that backcourt very interesting because, you know, Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs have been kind of holding it down. you have Markel Fultz keeps playing good basketball. You're going to have to figure out a way to get him 30 minutes too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, could, could make for an interesting little competition going into next season for these guys.
0: Yeah. You also have RJ Hampton who put together yeah. some good games throughout the year and you have, uh, What's the what's the kid the 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 Franz Wagner Franz Wagner? As I oh, he's he's too. not he's
1: not a guard though. He's like a he's like a small forward, I think. I guess he's more of a small. Yeah, he's more yeah. of a. Yeah, you, you got to make good. minutes for Gary Harris, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What's the point? Why didn't you buy this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you still have him on, on uh, the roster?
1: I, I I I got one more big dealer forgetful for you. I just thought sure. of it. Isaiah Thomas. Getting the 10-day contract with the Hornets. you see a stat line from today? I did not. So he's he's able to fit in uh, 14 minutes, 4 of 11 shooting, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Not too bad. Pretty solid. No, they they won handily. I think he probably got some garbage time. Um, They beat the Cavaliers by like 20.
0: I'll say it's a big um, deal for this guy. I mean, this dude yeah. has not quit. He's he's still trying to peg his head into the NBA for good reason. I think he loves the game, so I think it's a big deal. Yeah. I'll give it a big deal for him.
1: He he's earned his 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 uh, his chance to get back into the league. I think I saw the first three or the last three games that he played in the G League, he is averaging like forty one points a game or something ridiculous. <laughs> so he's hungry for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Um, we'll see. Maybe that extends for a larger deal for the Hornets, but um, we'll see how that goes. As far as injuries in the league right now, we got Anthony Davis is still out. He's in we're in week three of his original four week timeline for a reevaluation. And no word on Paul George. Oof. His MRI results were supposed to come back February 24th. Re- results, I guess, inconclusive. No real information being shared. It seems like we're being kept in the
1: dark here. and
0: With it's only just 20, yeah, with 20 games left in the year, I don't think he's coming back at this point.
1: No, it's like if the MRI came back clean, we would have heard about it. And they would have mm-hmm. been like, okay, now the MRI is clean. We'll get him back on the floor in a couple of weeks. But... They didn't say anything really. They're like, "Oh yeah, like it, we couldn't really tell, you know." And so it does not give me a lot of hope that we'll see Paul George again this season. I've already, you know, come to terms with the fact that Kawhi Leonard's not going to come back this season either. So this this ragtag Clippers team's going to try to get that eight seed, though, <laughs> whether <laughs> whether they like it or not. And yeah, we'll just you know we'll be a quick exit for for the Phoenix Suns. So, but. You know, oh, well, next season. Here's,
0: here's an inter- here are the interesting ones. Jamal Murray, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. officially assigned to G League and practicing and participating in scrimmages. Apparently could be back in late March. So two weeks probably. I, I'm going to yeah. guess that's that's what they vaguely mean by that. I'm going to guess he comes back maybe 12 games, 10 games are still left here. For the Nuggets, who are currently Mm -hmm. in the 6th seed. Game behind the Mavericks for the 5th seed. He comes back. Maybe Jamal Murray, low chance comes back. You think this is a good team? You think this is a team to be afraid of in the first round? For for Memphis
1: or, or the Jazz? That's a great question. So, I think if it's the Jazz, no. I'm not afraid because... A you know, big reason the Jazz have been bounced from the playoffs is because of Jamal Murray in the past. Mm-hmm. And Jamal Murray is going to be in no condition to take over games if he's coming back right before the playoffs. You know, Even if he comes back a couple weeks before the playoffs, I don't think that's enough time for him to get up into basketball shape. So, And, and the Jazz have enough experience. I wouldn't worry about it. If I'm the Grizzlies with no playoff experience, I would worry because mm-hmm. I don't think the Nuggets need Murray or Porter Jr. to really necessarily take over games as much. Because I think a lot of it still runs through Jokic. They're still a pretty intimidating team without these two guys. I think these two just add a little extra punch that makes Memphis makes that matchup against Memphis a lot more even. Um, especially when you have so many young guys without playoff experience. So yeah, I think it couldn't move the needle for them. I, I'm pretty stoked to see these guys back on the floor. Um, I did not expect michael porter jr at all this season i i was maybe mm-hmm. holding out a little hope for jamal murray but to see that both these guys you know progressing well that's
0: that's great news yeah and it looks like porter jr is the more likely guy to come back so right if he comes back i think i i, I agree with you i think jazz match up really well with the nuggets with gobert and conley and donovan mitchell yeah. memphis so i'm not sure steven adams can he handle the big boy down low? Can Jaron <laughs> Jackson handle 40 minutes of playoff yoke kick? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it goes on the other end. Can Can the Nuggets handle uh, John Morant and and their quick guard player? But I think Memphis will have a harder time holding down uh, the big boy in the middle yeah. and his savviness. So the Nuggets got to like what they got against going up against Memphis in that first round if they can get
1: poor Michael Porter Jr., Michael Porter Jr. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be interesting. And, and get him back in the same form that he was last year, too, right? Because, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he wasn't right when he started the season this year. And so yeah. that's why they had to shut him down. Um, so if they can get, you know, 25 point a game Michael Porter Jr. back, whew, that'll be something.
0: Yeah. And I also'm not sure Memphis really has a go to guy that can defend Mike, a Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. A yeah. taller leaner guy mm. like
1: that uh, you know like jaron jackson
0: jaron jackson i guess you have jaron jackson you'd have to you'd be splitting jaron jackson between you know yeah the, see this I matchup think makes... memphis
1: yeah they have some good guys you know they have the good depth too like brandon clark i, I feel mm-hmm. could could maybe even go up against michael porter jr a bit uh maybe you can even throw kyle anderson at him i don't know they'll, they'll probably yeah. have to try out a few things first if, if we get that matchup they'd have to try out a few things around him yeah, exactly.
0: Other call outs here, Chris Paul out for the regular season. Oof. Oof. It's a rough one, but at least the timing yeah. couldn't be better for Chris Paul out. You know, then you get a, yeah. you get a easier first round opponent, give him some time to get back on his
1: yeah. get back on his feet uh before the second round. And I feel like a thumb injury, you know, you can still stay conditioned with a thumb mm-hmm. injury, right? You can still run. Maybe you can't shoot obviously, but you you know, you can at least stay fit. You know, it's not like a leg injury where you have to stay off of it. Um, you can still do yeah. drills and stuff. so I, I think he'll be okay when the playoffs start. Yeah, I think so.
0: Zion Williams finally healing in foot. Either way, <laughs> I think we, we're not going to see Zion Williamson this year, and I am fully anticipating this guy to make his way out of New Orleans at some point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think New Orleans is anticipating Zion to leave as well. Uh, a lot of that speculation came from um, a season ticket email that went out to Pelicans fans that uh, included pictures of CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram and even Jonas Valanciunas, but not Zion. No Zion pictured in uh, an advertisement for season tickets for next year. So that's, you know, maybe an oversight or maybe mean something. Yeah,
0: he's got two more years left on his team contract with the team options, and the Pelicans have officially opted into those. So for now, he will still be a new new a Pelican here. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Simmons, we talked about him back issue timeline still uncertain. Obviously, the Nets would probably be really eager to have him back. Uh, I'm so over into, this guy. <laughs> yeah, let's jump into the hot teams. This is these are I think this is a little funner. Lake Clippers, four-game win streak. Uh, you We've talked about this. The Cavs, you the three against the Rockets, <laughs> one against the Lakers. A close one. All hands on deck effort, for sure. The Clippers are just running every guy on their roster <laughs> out there. Seriously, um, though. I think we have, like, an 11-man never, roster. <laughs> yeah, a couple of those names I did not recognize, them,
1: but I think you probably do, Sean. I recognize all of them. It doesn't mean I think they're all good players, but, like, they're all holding their own. You know, like... You didn't know who Amir Coffey was at the start of the season. I did. A know lot it. of people probably didn't know about Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah,
0: Isaiah Hartenstein. You know? Yeah, that was a yeah game that I had to get to know the last <laughs> against in that game against the Lakers yeah. in the last. That guy,
1: year. that guy's turning some heads. Honestly, man, I mean, he's a playmaking big man. Um, you know, a la the Julius Randall, Demontis Sabonis type of player. Um, light version of those guys, obviously, but. He's mm-hmm. turning some heads, and uh, there's there's a there's a premium for guys like that in the league. So you know if he if he keeps doing his thing, I, I think we'll see his name a lot more often. But yeah, I mean you know Covington has become a little bit of like a Draymond Green type for us, where he scores zero points, but he has like seven rebounds, a couple steals, a couple blocks, um, just doing a little bit of the small stuff. But. Yeah, it's it's an all hands on deck effort, man. It really is. Uh, Reggie Jackson's been playing really well lately, and I, the, the team is fun to watch. If you're a basketball fan, if you're a casual fan, you, you probably don't care at all because there's yeah. no one there's no one that cool, right? <laughs> but it's getting the job done, man. We have a winning record this year, something I would not have dreamed of if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were out. Let alone Norman Powell. We don't even yeah, have Norman, Norman Powell. Powell. Like, oh, man. <laughs> that's, uh, Yeah, That I can't believe the bad luck there. But, yeah, this should have been a throwaway season. But in typical Clipper fashion, as of late, I guess, when we're supposed to be, you know, tanking and not being so good, we're still hanging on to, you know, top eight seed in the West. Pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, you got Luke Kennard shooting 44% from three. Marcus Moore, Marcus Morris, sixteen points a game, thirty nine percent from three, forty almost forty five percent from the field. So you're getting your money's worth finally from these two guys.
1: Yeah, right a now. little bit. Uh, Kennard's still pretty inconsistent. I think he, I think last game he only had like four points. But yeah, it's just you know Ty Lue is has proven he's he's coaching these guys well. Man, a lot of credit yeah. to him. Yeah,
0: solid solid coaching effort. The Boston Celtics have won eight of, eight of their last ten and have now climbed their way back from the ninth seed at one point this year back into the fifth seed. And they are in the conversation again, man. This mm-hmm. Boston Celtic core is back in the conversation for potentially making some noise and being a dark horse in the Eastern Conference race. Uh, I think the Eastern Conference race is still too deep for these guys, but second round seems doable. And yeah. Robert Williams is on the floor doing his thing. Marcus Smart is back, and uh, Al Horford is having a resurgence here. Um, yeah, the Boston Celtics are, are pretty impressive here with what they're doing. And Derek White, Derek White, the Derek White
1: that was that was in. a very sneaky good acquisition they made there. And I I wasn't even aware the Spurs were willing to part with Derek White. I thought mm-hmm. he was a pretty pretty damn good player to just give away for Josh Richardson, just some throwaway contract, but. No, I guess they have so many guards there, they didn't even know what to do with them all. Um, but, yeah, great pickup here for the Celtics to get Derek White. They needed a sixth man. They Their mm-hmm. bench was weak. I mean, they had some hope for Peyton Pritchard. Grant Williams showed some flashes. None of them really panned out. Dennis Schroeder didn't pan out, obviously, so they got rid yeah. of him. But having... Such a solid quality player in Derek White out of the San Antonio Spurs system. So you know he knows his stuff. He's been with Popovich for a few years now. I think it's done wonders to to really fill in a lot of gaps for this roster. And the defense is great. Uh, We're seeing the defense actually being a big part of why the Celtics have the best points differential in the East on the full season um, at a net rating of plus 5.4. Uh, which is better than, you know, the Bucks, better than the Sixers, Bulls, Heat, all of them, which I, I think is a pretty big accomplishment. It shows that the Celtics are putting themselves at least in the conversation to contend against these teams in a seven-game playoff series. Do I feel like they have enough to win the title? No, I still don't. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum still isn't a superstar in my mind. I think he's still a star. Um, and Jalen Brown same way still just like maybe a top 25 player at best um they're great players but they're just not enough i think to, to match up against the star power of some of these other teams in the east um doing it for as far as the regular season goes i think it's very good um but i just yeah not quite enough i think to to compete at that higher level
0: yeah i agree and this i mean held to this team though it's like They've been able to maintain their effort despite falling up and down the standings and their second in defensive rating. I know you rattled out some stats in terms of point differential, but that's the story there is this team is, is gritty and they put it on the floor and they defend you well and their coach well on the defensive end on the offensive end. They are on the bottom. They were, they are 16th out of 30. So slightly on that 50th percentile line. Um, but Derek White should help boost that. I think to, to close the year off. So they're checking the boxes off in terms of being top five in a in a category, but just not having that offensive punch though is gonna hurt them, mm-hmm. I think, in a seven game series. And that strong defense, I think, could help them sneak into the
1: second round. But they have no I don't think they have a real yeah. shot at the Eastern I Conference mean, Finals. Yeah. They they're gonna have to knock off a juggernaut of some sort mm-hmm. because where they're at right now, you're you're gonna be facing one of the heat Bulls, Bucks, or Sixers. You know, right? Like there, there's no other options at this point. If you're the Celtics, you're gonna have to face one of them. All those guys are title contenders. So even getting to the second round, I think, will be still a huge feat for this team, despite how well they're playing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hats off to him. I think you know, Ime Udoka's had a roller coaster of a first year as a head coach. I mean, a lot of people were questioning whether he was fit for the job, you know, first half of the season, but the way he's been able to help turn this team around, I think he silenced a lot of the doubters.
0: Yeah. I got to think there was a lot of turmoil and emotions at several parts during the year with this team. I mean, it's just been an ongoing core who have experienced going to the Eastern Conference finals and being a game away from the finals (laughs) to not making the playoffs to being out of the playoff picture this year, feeling like they got the pieces to to make a to make a good to good run and and it felt like they were really falling off at certain points this year, but they 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 got themselves back on the right roller coaster, so see where it goes. Um, sinking teams though, uh, yeah. New York Knicks six game <laughs> losing streak, four and a half games out of the play and we talked about it. They got smoked by the 76ers twice this week. Um, man, Julius Randle Mm. Heisting the the New York Knicks, (laughs) he is nowhere close to who he was last year. Last year, I mean, it was like no doubt this guy's an All NBA player at the end of this Mm -hmm. year. This year, didn't wasn't even close to All Star consideration. Um, His (laughs) field goal percentages across the board are are below below what they were last year. I mean, dude's still doing doing his thing in terms of usage rate. On Tom Thibodeau's still giving this guy a lot of shots. In terms to do his to, you know, to get himself back up there, but it's just not there. It looks like R.J. Barrett is the best player on this
1: team. Oh, now. that that's not saying a lot either.
0: And yeah, it's not saying a lot.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, forty one percent three point shooter for for Randall on over five attempts last year. He's only shooting thirty percent from three this year on the same amount of attempts. I don't understand it. I really yeah. don't. Unless I mean. The only thing I can point to is this dude just burned out in one season. He, I mean, he he did have the highest minutes per game last year. And I don't think he missed a single game. Maybe he missed a couple. I don't really know. He didn't yeah, miss so very he many.
0: Led, he led the league in minutes per game and total minutes
1: and in total the regular minutes, season. Yeah, like yeah.
0: volume was a big, significant gap.
1: Right, and so uh, maybe that played a part, but like he's not an old guy, so may I you would have thought he could hold on to it for more than one season, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, I, there's just nothing else I can point to, to. Like maybe his work ethic just went down when he like you know felt like he would reached the top of his game, and he's like, oh, I don't need to work as hard for it anymore, as hard as I worked last season. Like oh, uh, you know, all all the hay's in the barn type of situation, but. Something, something not right with Julius Randle, and I don't know if it's, you know, the change in personnel. Like, maybe he's not driving as well with Evan Fournier versus Reggie Bullock. Maybe Kemba Walker mixed some things up, and, you know, he misses Alfred Payton somehow. (laughs) Like, I'm just, like, the roster construction isn't that different. You know, he still has the usage, like you said the defense is worse too i just i i don't know why he's playing so much worse i really don't get it
0: yeah i think it's tough to pinpoint but the new york knicks are 16th in defensive rating whereas they were well within top five last year towards the bottom in offensive rating so all these off offseason acquisitions were meant to help boost the scoring in and they have not helped them at all and their best player has regressed yeah. and and the you Knicks gave up just...
1: you gave up your first round pick for Cam Reddish. Mm hmm. <laughs> what the <laughs> what heck? Is,
0: what is Cam Reddish at right now? He's twelve minutes per game for the Ugh. first for the first round pick you gave up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. We talked about it though. We we knew like, you know, there was no spot on this team for him, you know? Mm hmm. And the lineups that Thibodeau's put out this year are just wildly all over the place. Like, he goes from, you know, obviously he started the year with Kemba Walker at guard. They shut him down. Now Alec Burks is the starting guard. And now oh, you're like, oh, well, I don't want Alec Burks anymore. I'll throw Emmanuel quickly in. And it's like, and, and Derek Rose has been hurt too, which maybe that's part of it. You know, Rose was a big part of why they were so successful last year. But then, and now all of a sudden he's like, you know what? This rookie Quentin Grimes, I'm going to roll him out for 40 minutes a game. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, he's just trying to throw a bunch of crap at the wall and hope it sticks and none Mm -hmm. of it's sticking. I I just don't understand what he's doing with these lineups.
0: Yeah. Quentin Grimes was an interesting name to pull out of the hat that he started (laughs) throwing out there.
1: Yeah. I didn't even think he liked rookies. Like, Emmanuel quickly was a rookie last year. That guy never touched the starting lineup, and he was playing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like, you know, a guy like Obi Toppin is only playing backup to Randall. He's only playing 15 minutes a game. That guy's not seeing any development. You know, you're throwing 14 minutes at Taj Gibson in a game. Like, why? <laughs> why is Taj Gibson getting any minutes? I, I don't get Yeah, it. that front court
0: rotation, he still loves to keep it at – Uh, you know, Taj Gibson, Narlins Noel and Mitchell Robinson and stay with those three guys, but he just cannot decide which guy he prefers out of those three.
1: Yeah. And Narlins Noel, he's healthy right now and he's not playing at all, Mm -hmm. you know, like, wasn't he a big factor when, you know, last year Mitchell Robinson was hurt. Noel stepped up, was a starting center, played really well. And now he's a DMP coach's decision. Like, how did that happen? How is yeah. Tosh Gibson getting minutes over New Orleans Noel?
0: <laughs> if it wasn't for Top Thibodeau, Tosh Gibson would probably be out of the league.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Dude loves his guys, man. But I just – I don't know. There, There's nothing going right for this Knicks team. Yeah. And, and so that- and, yeah.
0: I was going to say, in many ways, they have the same as the other team we have here. No surprise, the Lakers, three-game yeah. losing streak, six of the last seven, four-and-a-half games behind the eight-seat Clippers. Uh, we've hashed all that out with the yeah. Um But they even let go of in the center that they that Frank Vogel was so adamant about starting, and that was DeAndre Jordan, and now he's not even on the <laughs> roster anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, I bet Kurt Rampus was rooting for DeAndre Jordan to get more minutes, too. <laughs>
0: Probably. I mean, there was that rumor where he supposedly voiced his concern that more big men, the big men needed to get more minutes. (laughs)
1: Stupid.
0: Yeah, maybe if your big men aren't 35 years old. Yeah. I mean, he played with Kareem, so probably gave him a bias towards older big men without realizing that. (laughs) Kareem was the extreme outlier
1: Uh, of all that. Um. so bad. Shout out to the Kings for being still 13th in the West after getting Sabonis, too. I, I feel like they need an honorary mention in this section because they have not made any improvements. Like The trade, the trade has been nothing but bad for them so far. Shout out to yeah. them. Again, great moves.
0: Sabonis is out there doing his thing, though. He's still putting up big numbers, but the overall team is just lackluster. Yeah, um, and the
1: Kings effectively killed Rashawn Holmes' career by bringing him in too. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, maybe a shout out to the in terms of hot teams to the the Houston Rockets. They had two games. <laughs> they almost won. They not that, that counts. <laughs> <laughs> they pushed the Utah Jazz into overtime today. And oh my god! They were they had the lead in overtime at one point uh, before Garrison and Matthews threw it away, and they um, they had the lead against the Clippers. In closing minutes, almost so, they almost won those those games. So I mean, if we're gonna win.
1: do that, I'm I'm gonna shout out the Thunder for uh, <laughs> beating the Nuggets tonight. <laughs> that's a big win. That's, that's, that's big a big win. win. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyways, final thoughts to close it off. John Moran and the Gri- Memphis Grizzlies. No mystery here. We're we're fans of them. Are are mm-hmm. cooking. John Moran yeah. highlight reel against San Antonio was unreal. Fade away. Taps the ball with point four seconds oh, on the clock before the end of the quarter and knocks down the three. Then takes I think Jacob Portal or one of the yeah San he posterized Spurs Portal yeah to the oh that was an unreal dunk to the <laughs> clinic. Um, dude, that's is crazy. This this
1: dude almost like had to sit out a game because he had like that hip injury, like a hip pointer mm-hmm. injury. I think it was against the Timberwolves or something. And then he comes back and he he performs like this. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, this, this guy is an absolute animal right now. And, you know, he, he continues to accentuate the his history repeats itself with, uh, Zion going number one, him going number two, mm-hmm. uh, you're just the, the Greg Oden, Kevin Durant comparisons are going to continue for a while at this rate.
0: Yeah. It, it's sad to say you'd hope that instead we would have gotten, you know, the best one two combo, picks of picks that we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh but instead we got one guy living it up. But John ja Moran, forty six points against Chicago and fifty two points against the Spurs. You know, <laughs> we mentioned those two highlights. Unreal. Seventy three percent shooting against the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> Did they even try to yeah. put a hand up? Well I guess I, if you're I dunking just... the ball the whole time. Isn't DeJounte
1: Murray supposed to be good at defense too? Like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, exactly. man. Yeah, Ja, I think he now owns four of the top six um, franchise most points in a game for uh, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies franchise. Mm. I, think, I Mike, think Mike Miller's got one in there randomly because he made a bunch <laughs> of threes. And then uh, Pau Gasol has one. And then the other four top points per game is Ja Morant.
0: No surprise there. I, I, I've been meaning to look this up too, but... I gotta think at the end of this year, he's
1: gotta have sold more jerseys
0: than any other Memphis player. <laughs> yeah, ever. most
1: lucrative Memphis Grizzlies player ever. I I I think he he probably has surpassed Pau Gasol on like a per season basis yeah. at this point.
0: I also wouldn't be surprised if there's a random name in there like Tony Allen sold the second most <laughs> jerseys or something. No, I bet like
1: that it's. I bet it's Mike Conley. Come on. Yeah, Mike Conley. Yeah, yeah that makes
0: sense. <laughs> I gotta look it up, but I gotta think he's number one there. Yeah, but. Anyways, the the point I wanted to make here, final thoughts, mm-hmm. John Morant, Grizzlies are cooking. I can't wait to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. And what they're gonna do this year against whoever they, they play against in the first round. And and right now it looks like they may be headed towards a second round matchup with the Warriors, which I think is gonna be a heck of Ooh. a show too. Um but next year, this team could actually be even better, as scary as that mm-hmm. may sound, is they have they could potentially get the Lakers first round pick if it falls outside of the top ten. So they're probably rooting for the Lakers to make this play in tournament because <laughs> they can get their hands on their yeah. pick. Yeah. Um,
1: or, or to barely miss it and then get, like, you know, the, the love of their 12th pick. <laughs> yeah, you get the tail
0: end of the lottery there. Yeah, they also have their own pick, and they're going to get Utah's first rounder. Utah's first rounder is 1 through 6 protected, but so I think Utah's, yeah. Yeah, Utah's <laughs> clearly going to fall out of that. And they're also looking to have 15 to $20 million in cap space next year. This is wow. with even Steven Adams, Adams' contract still on the books and Darren Jackson's uh, big payday also coming into play next year. They'll still have yeah. all this cap space to make their team even better, so it's a good time to be a Memphis Grizzly fan or a Grizzlies bandwagon fan, which I'm going to I, say. You've I liked Memphis have. for a while.
1: I'll, I'll give you more than a bandwagon credit there. <laughs> yeah, I have. I but yeah. I like this team, so I, I'm excited to see what this team can do.
0: And next year will be even it'll be slightly even mm-hmm. scarier to see what they they put together yeah. during the summer.
1: Yeah, and not to discount the fact that you know, they're still in it this year. Who knows what they can do in the playoffs? I mean, we saw a small taste of playoff John Morant last year uh, when you know they they got swept by the Jazz in that first round, but. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that will not happen again this year. I think they'll perform much better. Um, and, yeah, it'll, it'll be a very exciting. I, I think playoff John Morant's going to be something else to behold. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell level versus Jamal Murray level type of type of playoff uh, intensity that we'll get out of this team. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Well,
0: thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and have a great week.
1: Yes, sir. Have a good week, everyone.